Are you wondering sometimes how you'll make ends meet? Or maybe you believe God is calling you to do something and wonder where the resources are going to come from to do that. Well, today on Abounding Grace, we'll discover that where God guides, He provides. This is amazing Hi there, friend. It is good to be with you as together we get right back to God's Word with Pastor Ed Taylor on Abounding Grace. We're making our way through 1 Kings. As we open chapter 5, we'll notice God going before the nation of Israel, providing for their every need. And Ed doesn't want us to miss how this applies to our walk as well. 1 Kings chapter 5, a Bible study I've entitled, When the King Speaks, We Obey. And we learned in chapter 4 that the nation of Israel experienced their best years under Solomon's leadership. Back in chapter 4, in verse 29, it says, God gave Solomon wisdom and exceedingly great understanding and largeness of heart like the sand on the seashore. Such a great prayer for any of you in a position of leadership, parents, those that are serving in the church, grandparents. This, this is something to pray for yourself. Husbands, wives, pray that you would get God's wisdom. Pray that God would give you exceedingly great understanding. Pray that God would large your heart with his love and his mercy like the sand on the seashore. And with Solomon, it was a glorious reign. It was better than David's reign at the height and now as chapter 5 opens, Solomon's going to set out to do what his dad told him to do. The strong exhortations. He's, Solomon was told to build a temple, to have a place of worship for the nation. And it says in verse 1 of chapter 5, Now Hiram, the king of Tyre, sent his servants to Solomon because he heard that they had anointed him king in place of his father, for Hiram had always loved David. Then Solomon sent to Hiram saying, verse 3, you know how my father David could not build a house for the name of the Lord his God because of the wars which were fought against him on every side until the Lord put his foes under the soles of his feet. But now the Lord my God has given me rest on every side. So there's neither adversary nor evil occurrence. And behold, I propose to build a house for the name of the Lord my God. As the Lord spoke to my father David, saying, Your son, whom I'll set on my throne in your place, he shall build the house for my name. It says in verse 1 that Hiram loved David. And as I've studied through the life of David through the years, more recently in our own studies, I can agree with the king. I love David too. You know, it was a study in the book of 1 Samuel and 2 Samuel. It was that time in my life where that particular study using uh, these cassette tapes, I remember popping these in one by one uh, in my little yellow uh, Walkman, the sport edition, 
that had the little button. It was the upgraded one where you had the little button where you didn't have to open it and flip the cassette. You could just hit the button and it would flip around. And I remember studying First and Second Samuel for the very first time. I couldn't believe that this was in the Bible. I couldn't believe that God would use a man like that. I mean, and listening to Pastor Chuck Smith teach and walk us through the truths and listening to, I just remember being so enthralled with this man, David. And then, of course, I went through the Kings and then I went through the Chronicles and just was really encouraged. Uh, I remember like it was yesterday. Uh, there would be times where Marie, I would fall asleep downstairs listening to either Skip Heitzig or Chuck Smith going through the Bible, but First Samuel and Second Samuel especially. The things that I learned through, through David and, and studying here perhaps, and I hope that I was able to convey enough about the life of David in your life that you pick these things up as well through our studies, but things like how God redeems our mistakes, how God's faithful even when we're faithless, how people might overlook us, but God never overlooks us. How God will use ordinary, normal people. How he is able to see our flaws and reveal them to us and help us to overcome them. How he just doesn't throw you away when you make a big failure and mistake. How, day, how a life can be going so well. And then we were talking about this today in our staff meeting as well. How, you know, when it was, David was going strong and then he was weak, going strong. And then there was that one time where it says when it was time for kings to go out to war, David stayed back. He got into that place. We were talking about that just for our church and how God has, how we've experienced the blessings of God in our church for 17 plus years or almost 17 years, 16 plus years. How God has been incredibly faithful even in times of faithlessness or in times of weakness. And it's at that time where you're challenged with the blessings of God. You're challenged when God has been so good if you just sort of, put it into cruise control. And you go, well, you know, all the fighting's over. Uh, all the battle is over. And we got to a place of everything's comfortable and everything's the way it needs to be. And I don't need to read the Bible anymore. I don't need to uh, listen to, to Bible studies anymore. I don't need to submit to godly men in my life. I don't need to make the hard day. And before you know it, your life is such a shell of what it was in the spirit. And you become a fleshly woman and a fleshly man. We don't want that in our lives. And even though David wasn't perfect, he still go down in history. And, and when I say not perfect, I mean he made some significant sinful decisions. Probably some that we don't even know about, that weren't just the ones we know about are pretty significant. But how does he go down? He goes down as the man after God's own heart. He finished well. Stumbled along the way, but finished well. And Hiram, I agree with him in verse 1. Hiram, it says, had always loved David. Somebody he admired. Someone that he had a great relationship with as leaders of countries. But what a great thing to be said. He always loved David. And you know, because of his love for David, he loves Solomon. He loves his kids. And that's usually the way it goes. You can really tell uh, about someone's love for you, how they love your kids, how they treat your kids. If they don't treat your kids with love, then they, you know for sure they don't love you. And if they say they love you and they just discard your kids, you just know they don't love you. You can see a lot about somebody, how they treat kids, 
how they treat the, you know, it doesn't really even matter how old the kids are, but you can tell. And you know what? Let me tell you something. Kids can tell who love them. Kids know and can intrinsically tell when an adult is kid-friendly or not on a variety of different levels. You know, they can tell if, they, if this adult really cares for kids or doesn't care for kids. And, and I think because of the love of David, man, he loved his kids, and that's just the way it is. There's a sweet love that's shared between adults and children, no matter how old their children might be. King David wanted to build a temple was deeply upon his heart. He even got some encouragement from his friend until uh, the Lord told his friend, don't you, you, you don't give him that encouragement. Uh, he's not going to build a temple for me because he was a man of war. We learned that in 2 Samuel chapter 7. Now, I want you to turn over ahead to 1 Chronicles chapter 22, would you? 1 Chronicles chapter 22. David, we get a little bit of insight on David as he prepares for the building of the temple. To the right is 1 Chronicles chapter 22. We'll be there uh, soon enough. But notice with me verse 6. It says, Then he called for his son Solomon and charged him to build a house for the Lord God of Israel. And David said to Solomon, My son, as for me, it was in my mind to build a house to, to the name of the Lord my God. But the, Lord, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, You have shed much blood and have made great wars. You shall not build a house for my name, because you have shed much blood on the earth in my sight. Behold, a son shall be born to you who shall be a man of rest, and I will give him rest from all his enemies all around. His name shall be called Solomon, for I will give him peace. Remember, uh, the root of Solomon is the Hebrew word shalom. And so that's why around Solomon is surrounding all this peace that reflects his, his, the promise of God and also his name. Uh, I'll give him peace and quietness to Israel in his days. He shall build a house for my name. And he shall be my son, and I will be his father, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom over Israel forever. Now, my son, verse 11, may the Lord be with you. you may, may you prosper and build the house of the Lord your God, as he has said to you. Only may the Lord give you wisdom and understanding and give you charge concerning Israel, that you may keep the law of the Lord your God. Then you'll prosper. If you take care to fulfill the statutes and the judgments with which the Lord charged Moses concerning Israel, be strong and of good courage. Don't, be, don't fear nor be dismayed. Indeed, again, David's talking to Solomon here, I've taken much trouble to prepare for the house of the Lord. A hundred thousand talents of gold, a million talents of silver, bronze, iron, beyond measure. For it is so abundant, I've prepared timber and stone also that you may add to them. Moreover, there are workmen with you in abundance, hewers and workers of stone and timber and all types of skillful men for every kind of work, gold, silver, bronze, iron. There is no limit. Arise and begin working, and the Lord be with you. David took a lot of trouble to prepare for the temple, to get everything together. He set aside much of the spoils of the wars that he fought for the Lord, about 3,750 tons of gold, 3,700, tons of silver, uh, and the numbers change and vary depending on how they do the measurements, unmeasured amounts of bronze, iron, wood, and stone. And we'll learn far later in First Chronicles chapter 29 that they were presented to Solomon publicly for the purpose of building the temple. And then David also added his own personal treasure, everything that he owned into 
the rest of the leaders to contribute as well and stirring everyone up and the numbers were amazing. 4,050 tons of gold, 38,000 tons of silver and so much more. With all of that, now we have Hiram back and now. Come back with me in 1 Kings 5. God is going before the nation of Israel and providing for all that they need. It's a principle that we live by here at Calvary. It's a principle that God fulfills in a variety of different ways. But it's been handed down to us from our pastor, Pastor Chuck, to, through Pastor Jeff. It's not a new, uh, a new thought at all. It's a biblical principle, and it's simply this. And this is what we believe, and this is how we live here at Calvary. Where God guides, he's always faithful to provide. Where God guides, he's always faithful to provide for us. Now, one of the ways that we misapply that principle is, a little bit, is we think God's going to provide the same way all the time. And he's not. Another way we misinterpret that principle is that, you know, if he's, not, if he's not providing, then we need to make him provide. But simply, if we live a life of faith, and we trust God, and we walk in wisdom and largeness of heart, and we're wise with what God has given to us, then we know that where God guides, he provides. Now, I personally have had friends in the ministry where they'll call me up and say, Ed, you won't believe what happened. What happened, bro? This guy just walked into my office and gave me a $5 million building. And I go, click. <laughs> it's like, how is that possible? That's never happened to us. It's never happened to us, ever, in 16 years. However, there can always be a first. <laughs> what are you laughing at? always be a first, right? We can always. But you know what God has provided for us? Here a little, there a little. He's provided wise decisions with leaders on purchasing things or saving things or just saying no to this. Or he's provided a time of prayer where God did provide a little bit. And we took a step and then he provided a little bit. Then God uh, provided to us a relationship with a bank where we could get a nice loan with a good interest rate. And then we paid it off early. Or we were able to save a little bit. Like with the radio station, we were able to save a little bit. So we put a little bit down, uh, and then we took a loan on that. And then the church was so excited back then, five years ago, that within a year, everything was paid off. I mean, God, God hasn't dropped like some, somebody like that that would come in and go, here, here's everything, and we're just, here's the keys, and God bless you. He hasn't done that, but he has done that differently. And we knew that if we didn't have the resources, then we wouldn't move forward. The wisdom of our leadership here, the elder board. If we don't have the resources, then we're not going to presume upon God. We're going to wait on him. And there have been times when, for example, in the early days, before this piece of property here, we had put a contract on a piece of property over by Columbia Middle School. There's houses on it now, but it was a little corner, little corner lot, three acres, uh, it was within our budget to buy it. We didn't have all the money to buy it, but it was enough to, to put our money down and get a loan. It was, it, was, it was just seemed like it was the perfect thing. We put a contract down. We put a big down payment down. And then we had 30 days to see if it was, they call it time of due diligence. So we had 30 days to, to do the soil testing and to find out how big of a building we could put on there, to find out if our neighbors would be okay with it. We went through all of that. And at the end of about, I don't know, I don't remember exactly, I'd say about 20 days. We didn't take all the days. It was clear that God did not want us to buy that property. And, and I needed to come back 
to the church. I was so sad that day. I was so discouraged. I couldn't believe it. Everybody's happy. We're going to get out of the school. Yay, these chairs hurt. We're finally going to get out of here. One day there was hope, and I had to come to the congregation from a similar pulpit and say, I'm sorry, but, but the Lord closed the door. And we're not going to be able to buy that property. It's not big enough and whatever else things. And, and we're just going to have to stay in the school forever. And I was so discouraged. I, I, can't dis, I can't describe to you how discouraged. I felt like such a failure. Like, man, I thought this was from the Lord. And, and that day, uh, I taught the Bible study. And, and I went home. And, and as I was leaving the school, I did not take the normal way. Instead, I wanted to, I'd never been on this side of the school before, so I got on, on Hampton here, and I just wanted to drive as far, I would have gone to Lyman, but I found out it didn't go to Lyman, it just goes to the dump, <laughs> and then you got to make a right or a left, <laughs> but on the way, because I was ready just, like, I'm, I'll see you, honey, tonight, because I just need to talk with the Lord, and, and this is crazy, I don't even know what I'm thinking and why. I was just going through, you know, just things that God was refining me. So on my way down, though, as I, t- I come out from this light here, and I come around to Hampton, and, and I make the left on Hampton, and I'm coming down Hampton, this piece of property had a big black and white sign on the end that said for sale. I'm like, I didn't even know there was anything over here. Because uh, I would usually go down Buckley, and I live south of here, so I'd go down Buckley, and that's, I would always take the same. Don't you guys pretty much take the same way home? All this, so I was take, So this time I came this way, and I'm like, I didn't even know anything was here. So I pulled over, and I got the number, and I'm like, wow, Lord, this is pretty interesting, and I wonder, it's a little bit bigger. And, and so, you know, when, on, on Monday, I made the phone call and found out that, man, what, was, what we could afford near Columbia Middle School, this was almost three times as much. So we could barely afford that one. And I'm like, man, that wasn't nice, Lord, showing me that property. And <laughs> we could never do that. It's just our, our little church. We could never do that. And the Lord began to speak to my heart. And he says, well, just put an offer in. And, and I said, okay. And, and I had been involved in that offer before. And, and I, I, I did all the numbers. And so what we did is we offered per square foot the same exact amount that we offered on that, that same property. We did, I did the math, and it was a little more because it was a bigger piece of property. And I think that the, the, uh, the, they wanted $1.3 million for this piece of land that had a bunch of trees and shrubs and everything here. They wanted $1.3 million. We offered 500000 for that property over there. And so I did the math, and it came out to $800,000 is what we offered. So I put it up, and I typed it up, and I gave it to the real estate agent. I said, please offer a hospital on this. They were going to put an urgent care here, uh, and they ended up putting urgent care down in Southlands instead. But they had to put an urgent care here, and I was going through that and thinking it through and, and offered it, and the real estate agent said, they'll never accept this. And I said, but you're the agent. Just give it to them. And just give it to them. I, I, don't, I don't think it's offensive. I think it's a fair offer. And, and so within a couple of days, they countered at 850. I said, sold. And we bought it, even though we didn't know how we were going to do it. And then I started feeling like, what a knucklehead, Ed. You should have offered less. <laughs> but it was fair. It was fair. It was fair. And through the, you know, the Lord, the Lord says, you take the step and I'll provide. I know you barely made it there. But then when I brought that back to the church, Hey, we had enough to step into this by faith. 
And we stepped into this by faith. And then little by little, and then the church was growing so much over at the school. We had three services. We were all tired. We were packing that little room out with as many chairs as we could fit. And we had to move. We didn't have any. We couldn't add a fourth service. And it just wasn't comfortable. It was just hard. And, and I know a lot of you missed it, but I wish you wouldn't have missed it because it was, it was exciting. It's kind of like the exciting days that we're in here. We're in a different season. So God takes us from exciting times to exciting times. A lot of warfare, a lot of difficulty. But, but here's the thing. God grew the church so big there that, that crammed that little room that we had to make a decision. And had not God put us in that place, I don't know that we would ever left until we paid every penny off on this. And, pay, you know, we would have been this slow, methodical person like I am. I'm, I'm slow and methodical, and especially when it comes to money. But instead of moving, we started meeting together. I said, we can't move to high school. We've got we've to build. We just got to build something. And we began the process of building, and then the numbers got bigger, like they were just more than we can do. Every single step of the way has been more than we could do. That's the way you want it. Because why? Where God guides, he provides. So what do we do? We end up building this side of the building first, and we build it in the time when there is a concrete shortage in the world, and steel prices are going through the roof. So we had a budget, and the fact that you look, if you guys look ahead, up, up, you know, see these big girders here, uh, all these big girders cost us an extra quarter million dollars. Why? Because of the steel shortage. Thank you very much. Right in the middle of our building project. And then every wall around here is concrete. And so every time we did a layer, concrete went up. And concrete went up. And then they were digging over here in the foyer, and they hit a rock. Do you know how many diamond-tipped things we purchased? Do you know those are not cheap? They, I mean, you want to make an engagement ring out of them. They're, must, they're so stinking expensive. And every time they come, oh, we broke another one. Well, geez, move the building, can't you? Do something. Leave the rock there. We don't care. And all of that to say this, to say this. And, and I share that with you for the sake of your own church family, that we can stand with absolute assurance that where God guides, he provides. That is Pastor Ed Taylor on Abounding Grace. And before we part ways, just a few things we want to tell you about. If you'd like to hear today's message again, simply log on to AboundingGraceRadio.com. Again, we're on the web at AboundingGraceRadio.com. You can also download our free app and access our teachings that way. Search for Ed Taylor or Calvary Church. Pastor Ed, one of the things I like to do on summer vacation is pull out a good book to read. And we've got a good one to recommend today. It is your latest book. Would you take a minute or two to talk about it? Well, Larry, I'm a reader just like many people listening in. I love to read. I'm always reading something new. And this book will help set people free from their past. And in it is all sorts of great, wonderful truths that come from God's Word about who we are in Christ, the work that Jesus is doing in us, and how we can move forward through the barriers of unforgiveness, through the barriers of anger, regret, resentment, and a whole host of emotions that hold believers back. And I would encourage you to pick it up. It'll take you through the scriptures. I'm especially excited about the the last chapter where I give you point after point after point after point of who you are in Christ. Because I believe 
When you know who you are, you'll begin to walk in your identity and the power of the Holy Spirit, and you'll see progress as you yield yourself to the Lord. Pick this book up, whether you support the ministry or th- through the radio program here, or you get it wherever you get books, please do pick it up. Remember any of the resources we have here uh, that come through the ministry, all the net proceeds from our bookstore online, which is calvaryco.church, and the net proceeds of this church go direct, of this book, I should say, go directly to missions and to ministry. And the Lord will use it. I know he will. Get one for yourself, get one for someone else, and then email me and let me know how God has used it. And to order a copy of Free From Your Past, visit our e-store at calvaryco.store. You can also call us toll-free, 877-30-GRACE. As Pastor Ed mentioned, don't forget to let him know your thoughts after you're finished. You can email Pastor Ed through our website at aboundinggraceradio.com. And thank you for helping us get the word out on stations like this one. As you partner with us, it's thrilling to see how God uses it in great ways to bless and encourage so many lives through the radio and the Internet. Another convenient way to make a donation is online at AboundingGraceRadio.com. Thank you. Celebrating God's faithfulness and goodness, this has been Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. Until next time, may God richly bless you with His abounding grace. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church, Colorado, here in Aurora.